I've always tried to, and I've always recommended agents to find what I would call their specialty. What are they going to be known for? Uh, you know, they, the, uh, as an example, we have a, a fellow who started probably 15 years ago here, and I told him, what do you want to work? What's, where do you naturally fall into? Well, he was living in condos, a condo at the time. He was a president of the association. And he made a decision to be known as an expert in the, I would call, a condominium or cluster type housing living. And that's what he did. And he built his business on that. So when anybody had uh, wanted to sell that product, he was the person they thought of. Welcome to the Accelerated Investor Podcast with Josh Cantwell. Josh Cantwell. If you love entrepreneurship and investing in real estate, then you are in the right place. Josh is the CEO of Freeland Ventures Real Estate Private Equity and has personally invested in well over 500 properties all across the country. He's also made hundreds of private lender loans and owns over 1,000 units of apartments. Josh is an expert at raising private money for deals, and he prides himself on never having had a boss in his entire adult life. Josh and his team also mentor investors and entrepreneurs from all over the world. He doesn't dream about doing deals. He actually does them, and so do his listeners and students. Now, sit back, listen, listen learn, learn, and accelerate your business, your life, and your investing with the Accelerated Investor Podcast. So, hey, welcome back to Accelerated Investor. I am so excited to be with you again on your entrepreneurial journey, whether it's in real estate, whether you're building another business and investing in real estate passively, whether you're a real estate agent, mortgage broker, investor, I'm just honored and privileged to be with you along on your journey. Uh, we're so excited for all the people that have been sharing this uh, on social media platforms and leaving us amazing comments and reviews. So if you've done that, thank you so much. Uh, if you haven't left yet left us a review or a rating, let us know how we're doing. Let us know what topics you'd like to hear, people you'd like to hear from. Uh, let us know your favorite episodes. Uh, today, I have on with me a new guest. His name is Gary Stoffer. He is the founder and CEO of Stoffer Realty. Uh, he has been in real estate as an investor for over 45 years. He's been a real estate agent for 41 years. And today manages Stoffer Realty, which is based in the greater Cleveland, Akron, Canton markets, managing his business of over 180 to 190 agents plus 20 staff. Um, and today we're going to talk with Gary a little bit about some of his thoughts about his longevity in the business. He's been in the business over 45 years, done hundreds, if not thousands of transactions. He's seen every kind of market cycle from, you know, interest rates in the, in the, in the middle to high teens. The, 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 the ramp up of 2007 and eight, the good times we've had over the last eight to 10 years. Uh, and Gary is a wealth of knowledge. In addition, I also sold my brokerage, uh, to Gary about four years ago. I had a small boutique brokerage. A bunch of my agents moved over to Stoffer Realty. And so Gary and I have had a personal relationship for about three or four years and we continue to work together on special projects. So Gary Stoffer, welcome to Accelerated Investor. Thanks for joining me. Hello. Great, great. Thanks for being on. Listen, Gary, for, for, for people that don't know, that don't know you, don't understand where you're coming from, let's talk a little bit about the past. We'll, we'll get there, but tell me about what you're working on right now. One of my favorite questions to ask is what are you excited about? 
What are you working on? Well, whether it's residential and commercial properties, investing or listings. Uh, and what are some of your excitement, um, things about the current market that you're excited about or things about the current market that scare you? Tell me about what's on your mind in your business as we sit here today in 2020. Well, this is a pretty exciting market right now that we're dealing with. Uh, obviously, interest rates are very low. Inventory is low. So when it comes to selling real estate, it's... Uh, a great time to sell it. It's uh, multiple offers on properties, that type of thing. As far as investing, that type of thing, it's always real estate is you have to look at real estate like you would work, look at any investment. Uh, if we're at the high end of the market right now, it's you start looking at what's the product you're buying, what's the, what's the future values, those types of things. Now, you always do that, but when the market's lower, of course, it's pretty easy because you know if the market's down, most everything's going to probably start going up. So today's market's very exciting because of um, it's easier to make money is the best way I could put it. Uh, when you know that your property is going to rent, your rents are going to be higher tomorrow, those kinds of things. So it's an exciting time. As an investor or a real estate agent, uh, this is as good as time. This is a great time to be in the market for sure. No doubt. Um, so as you're building your sales organization or, you know, listing more properties, you're a salesperson within your own organization. Uh, we Correct. talking getting prepared for this. You said you're an active salesperson. You do a lot of land listings, commercial listings, apartment listings. Um, what are some of the things that you do and some of the things that you're teaching some of your agents and your staff to kind of, you know, create your own footprint in today's market because it is more competitive, whether you're going after a property to buy and you're fighting okay. against multiple listing or multiple other offers, whether you're an agent looking to go get a listing and you're fighting against other listing agents because there's low inventory. Um, how are you setting yourself and how are you teaching your agents to set themselves apart, create that brand, create a footprint, be different, kind of differentiating yourself to really stand out and get more business? Well, one of the things that I've done, and I would say this holds true now, but also held true over the past years, most principles work whether the market's down or the market's up. Uh, I think we'd all agree to that. There's certain truths or principles that work. And one of the things that's helped me in sustainability is I've tried, in, at least I'm talking about this, well, I'll talk about the sales end of the business first of all. I've always tried to, and I've always recommended to agents to find what I would call their specialty. What are they going to be known for? Uh, you know, they, the, uh, as an example, we have a, a fellow who started probably 15 years ago here, and I told him, what do you want to work, what's, where do you naturally fall into? Well, he was living in condos, a condo at the time. He was a president of the association. And he made a decision to be known as an expert in the, I would call, a condominium or cluster type housing living. And that's what he did. And he built his business on that. So when anybody had uh, wanted to sell that product, he was the person they thought of, yeah, even within the industry. So he became known for that. But that doesn't mean that's all he did. So he sold houses or other products in the business but he became known for that product. So when it, in, in our industry, if you can be known for something uh, and you're, it's your specialty, you'll start 
that'll be the, I would call the engine that's running the company or your company or the, or your business, because you can be pretty confident that that business will be con consistent. So in his case, uh, he was selling, selling uh, condos or clusters. So that was a consistent flow of income for him. Years ago, uh, for myself, the way that played out was uh, in the mid-80s, uh, I bought a piece of land with a couple partners. Um, and we bought this piece of land, and it ended up um, being – I had it for sale for about five years. And we ended up selling the piece of land, and from owning it and reselling it, uh, we sold it to a developer. We, I learned – I knew a lot about land that I knew other people didn't. Uh, by all these developers, every, everyone from Cleveland to Canton and Akron looking at it, they were all telling me what was wrong with it, correct? Because that's what they do and they don't. Right. So they tell you what's wrong with it. And it was, uh, we had the wrong zoning. It had a house on it that needed burned down. It had a floodplain, a wetland. It needed a turn lane. You know, and it had all, it was a commercial piece. And it had all these things that I was dealing with. Well, I took five years and dealt, went through that process. And then when I finally found a guy to buy it, he couldn't buy it unless he was uh, some, he, he did a condo project. It was a uh, office condo project. And he, could, he couldn't buy my land unless he had some of his um, condos, office condos sold. So I had to buy a condo just for him to buy just to learn to buy my land. So I ended up buying two of his office condos, but Got it. I became an expert in, in vacant land. And so I made a decision after buying that, that I felt I could spin off on that and go get other pieces of land that somebody needed to sell. And I would have an edge or uh, on these, on the other agents that were, uh, you know, I was competing against because I had more knowledge. Well, unbeknownst to me, that became the engine that drew, that ran my business. That was the consistency, the, the consistent sales. We started selling 200 lots, farms uh, a year to, I'd sell it from the farmer to the developer, from the developer to the builder, from the builder to the public, and then I'd sell the public's house. Yeah. So I had all this going on and then I would get some build jobs on it. So it was the engine that ran this. And uh, so I recommend to people, you know, they don't have to do what I did. They have to find what, number one, what's interesting to them. As an example, uh, if it's investment property and it's going to be under, you know, medium size investments, say six units or less, then they need to become, they need to make the effort there and become the expert so that when somebody's doing business, because in our area, we have 5,000 realtors and I want all 5,000 of those realtors to say, well, huh, well, if you're going to sell this piece of land, you, I to go work with Gary. You need he's to, the, he's the guy. Right, he's the guy. So you need to find your expertise. It could be a high price. It could come in a variety of ways, but, um, if you do that, the rest of it comes. The rest of it falls into place. You need that, what I would call that, um, what would you call it, salary. <laughs> it's yeah. not salary, but it's like a salary when it's coming in on a consistent basis. 
My newest and most powerful real estate investing book, The Flip System, is now available. And for a limited time, you can grab your free copy at getflipsystem.com forward slash podcast. Using the same proven principles, secrets, and investing strategies I'm sharing in this book, I've been able to personally close over 750 highly profitable real estate deals over the last 15 years, make over 400 private lender loans, raise over $30 million of private money, and acquire over 2,000 units of apartments. Get my newest book now for free for a limited time at getflipsystem.com slash podcast. That's getflipsystem.com slash podcast. When you're working on commission, right? Like realtors, title companies, real estate investors, mortgage brokers, we're almost all essentially working for commission, transactional type of work, unless you own the asset and it's a rental property. Right. Um, and to that point, you know, I, I see some of the people today, like my friend Darren, uh, he's a luxury home builder. He's so niche. He only builds in Lakewood and Rocky River. Right. And he was so niche in what he was doing in renovating, rehabbing, and building. He had the same type of luxury finishes, did a lot of white, bright kitchens, dark hardwoods, right. that he was so niche that he actually uh, landed a pilot with HGTV. And we'll actually be coming out with this HGTV show this summer. Um, And that's another example of basically niche is rich. It's the example of getting so good at being doing one thing that it's again, it's the salary. It's the engine that drives you into other opportunities. Um, And for you, Gary, it was that longevity for you. You you got into land and that became your thing that you really enjoyed. You still list and sell a ton of land today and a lot of apartments and a lot of commercial real estate to go along with that. Sure. sure. Well, what the other thing that it does is when you, when you become an expert in anything, there's a tendency for the public to believe you're an expert in everything, particularly as a <laughs> So you start to be known, and, and I was very fortunate that uh, even though I was known as being an expert in this one part of the industry by virtue of me doing a lot of other things like I always bought real estate so and I started buying real estate in the mid 70s so I so my entire career I've always believed in my product which is real estate so whether it's apartments or if it's land or if it's uh commercial property I always tried to push myself to do something a little bit different than I was accustomed to doing. And I, and the, what the good part, because of the fear factor, I really investigated things and I would only Mm -hmm. being in the industry, I only bought what I would call the, the best values that I could find. In reality, I missed out on a lot of opportunity because I wasn't a little more aggressive, but it turned out okay too, if you know what I mean. <laughs> right. Well, if we're talking about longevity, right, one of the best ways to have a 45-year career and make it through all these market cycles that you've been through is to only buy the best deals because those deals right, will right, make right. it through all right. the cycles. Obviously, they look better when you buy at the bottom and then they appreciate right. over right. time. But if you buy a good deal, like even today – even though the market is hot, there's lots of competition, there's still deals out there. There's deals to buy at wholesale oh, prices. 
I tell my audience, you got to expand your market or you've got to expand your marketing to find the best deals. There's still wholesale deals out there happening right now. And people are saying, oh my God, I can't believe they found that deal. How did they find that deal? You know, it's because they did some more digging. They expanded their market. They went off market, you know, not necessarily to to the MLS or maybe LoopNet or CoStar, right. one of those kind of places. And so that really leads to maybe a second characteristic of making it and having longevity. You mentioned, you know, having sort of a niche and being an expert. I love your comment about being an expert in one thing. The public perceives you to be an expert at everything. I don't right. think many people understand that. That only comes with experience. And the second thing of buying the best deals. So help me understand, you know, you maybe look back and regret some of the deals you didn't buy, but since you bought the best deals, now those have appreciated over time. They've paid you over and over and over again. Talk a little bit more about that. How in today's market are you keeping the emotion? A lot of people are buying on emotion because real estate's hot. How do you keep the emotion out of it? Because you've been so successful at keeping the emotion out to only buy the best deals, even when maybe you thought, oh my God, I got to buy this property. It's so good. But maybe it was maybe a little bit more of a higher price than you wanted to pay. You took the emotion out, didn't buy it when many other people are getting sucked into overpaying. Well, you know, it's funny you say that. I To get the emotion out, you'll never get the emotion totally out because if you see something that's good, Everybody reacts to the same way. Right, sure. Good value. But I think as you become more uh, experienced and educated in the business, you start to see things in, uh, that you, other people don't see. Uh, some of the best values are things that have been up for sale for a long time. So it's not always the property that's uh, – and it's, it's looking and underseeing something that other people don't see. I mean, there is a variety of things that I've done that have worked very well. Um, we, when we moved our office, we moved our office over onto Miller Avenue, and, and there were a lot of people that said, "Well, if you're not on Market Street, it's that's a problem. There's more traffic on Market." Well, I had been on Market Street, and this is to give you a picture of understanding the market is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. uh, when I was on Market Street, nobody could find me because there was five lanes and there was too much going on. Sure. But when I moved over to Miller Avenue, it was a cut through. So what happened was, is a lot of the people that were trying to avoid the traffic came through Miller and were going slow and it was only two lane and everybody knows I'm here. That's so, great. You know, it's more of just understanding the market, what's going on. And there are things that I had seen in the past that had clued me into that with that possibility exists. Uh, other things would be things that you can change about a property, like the zoning of a property. Um, uh, a friend of mine who does big multifamily projects always creates value in the land by virtue of changing. He gets it for, he buys it as, let's use an example as uh, a single family uh, uh, property where he could only put single family homes he changes it into multifamily and he quadruples the value of the thing because of his, the efforts he made to change it. When it comes to apartments and that type of thing, uh, I think there's this, the improvements I know that you, you talk about a lot in, in, in your podcast that time, I think about improving the property. Right. Hey, there's two, there's, and you, I'm sure you've talked about this many times, but there are two pieces of a good investment. And there's always two pieces, and this is the part that people forget. It's the purchase 
and the management. I've seen guys get a good good value and put, manage them poorly and not do well. I've right. seen other guys that didn't get a what we would call a steal or a wholesale price, but they manage it well and they make a lot of money. Right. So, you know, those are two pieces that need to be in place. And you do both of those, whether it's a real estate company or, or a piece of real estate, those we talked started out at the beginning, there's principles that hold true for everything forever. Right. And that, and that's a principle I would call um, for longevity, uh, not, starting to believe that it's only the purchase not starting right. to believe that it's all the management the money's made on the purchase and and the management brings the long-term yeah longevity. the management has to i mean you buy a, a building or single family or even start a business and get it going based on a pro forma on projections like we're gonna right. we're gonna turn it into this or we're gonna add more salespeople. and as we make right. more add more salespeople. The profit margin is going to get bigger. Our fixed overhead is this. And as we add right. salespeople, the spread gets larger because our fixed overhead stays the same. But like you said, those pro formas or projections only become profits through management. It's the boots on the ground right. management. So I tell my people who invest passively with us, or even if they don't invest with us, you're really investing. When you invest in a piece of real estate, you're investing in the boots on the ground operator, the manager, the management of that building and the guy or the gal who's actually at the multifamily property, let's say it's 150 units, who's there working with the leasing agents and the the, the commercial contractor and the, le the lease ups and making sure that the people are getting their rent statements and paying on time, that operator makes profits uh, from pro forma, pro forma become profits. So I, I'm really happy to hear you say, you know, everyone says, oh, you make money when you buy real estate. And you realize the profits when you sell. Well, you actually, you're realizing the profits every day as you're managing it, right? Absolutely. And that's a key Absolutely. to longevity. Yeah, I would, I would, um, you know, I would also suggest to the, anybody that's listening to this would be to work on your weaknesses. You know, there's in any business you have a variety of of pieces of a business, right? You have, and, and or in real estate, as an example, you have, you know, the purchase or, and then you have the management, you have the, the bookkeeping and the numbers. I've not, I haven't always been a, I'm not a great numbers guy. And I admire the numbers guys because somehow, some way they always come out on top, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. But what I do have is the ability to recognize where my weaknesses are. So even when I started and I didn't have really any money to hardly pay anyone, I've always, I, I think ever, I've been in 40 some years. So probably within the two years, two to three years after I got the business, I started paying someone to take care of my books. Mm -hmm. I knew what the money was, every penny was all the time. And it was because I had, hey, I hired someone to help me on my weakness. So in that regard, I was able to, to do what I was best at. And, I was taught, and that was finding the real estate and then managing it. So the, the, the numbers person always let me know where I was. And then you can start to see where your weaknesses are. And the other thing I would suggest I really feel strongly in this when it comes to the numbers is 
you keep the right numbers. Don't move numbers from one property to another, those types of things. Because what it does when you're keeping your numbers right, you know where you're losing money and you know what you're making it. When you start moving them around, you start to get confused. You start to forget where are you really, where's your real problems? And you get rid of this property over here that, that's losing money. Instead of taking that loss and putting it somewhere else, you know, and the next thing you know, you think you're making it and you're not. So there's pieces of it. Get help in the parts that you're, if you're not a good manager, then don't manage. Yeah, right. Go sell. Go sell. Go sell real estate. That's great. Yeah, you need really both. Most of the successful real estate businesses that I've seen that have that have made it a long time, that have had a, long, a lot of longevity, they kind of have somebody at the front of the business who's maybe selling the company, who's a good recruiter, who is you know looking for deals, kind of out of house, if you will, and then have maybe a partner or an executive who's kind of in-house, who's taking care of the, the back office, if you will. So somebody at the front of the office, somebody at the back, someone who's responsible for sales, somebody else who's responsible for management. Um, you know, I've met Jim Fox, who's your kind of right-hand man. He's your first executive that you hired. Yeah. Maybe speak to that for a minute. Cause again, I think that's a key to longevity in this business is doing what you're good at. Like you talked about right. hiring or working on your weaknesses. And oftentimes it's, it is hiring somebody to do the things that you're not. And those two people, whether it's an owner and an executive or a partnership, two owners, there's often have very different skill sets. And that provides longevity for each person to do what they're good at. Josh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, you would be, some people are shocked at, at somewhat how I function because they, there's a tendency to think that um, I'm a good operator. I've had real estate companies that looked at us, said that they think we're the best run real estate company they've ever seen. But what's, ha what's there's a beauty of knowing your limitations. I don't know who's that, who is Clint Eastwood that said that? <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's a great, I've never like heard that. that one, but that sounds great. I'm going to have to use that. Well, the beauty is, is that if you know what they are, then you get help to fill those gaps. I hardly use a computer. I, I, I'm not, I, I know what I'm good at. I'm good at selling real estate. I'm a salesperson who happened to own a real estate company. I'm not a, I'm not a businessman who opened a real estate company. I'm a salesman who did. So because of that, I have a vice president who runs the operations. I have everything done for me effectively. Uh, the, and, uh, and, it, and I stick with what I'm good at, which is the sales portion of it. So, um, you know, it's very inexpensive to get help because if you can, your portion that you're good at helps you make money. That's where you, you stay. I, as an example, I have, I pay a fellow who gets paid very well, who doesn't work in the company, who is nothing but a business advisor. And he looks at my books. He asks me questions. He tells me uh, whenever I probably talk to him every other day and I tell him what's going on, what we're, what my problems are, what we're working on. And he, he's older than me. He has owned a variety of businesses and he's retired now and he just gets his, uh, his job at Stoffer Realty effectively, even though he doesn't come in here, is to help me make better decisions. Small things are huge. That's great. Small things are huge. I mean, we do about 2,000 sales a year, okay? Now, imagine if I just make 
a one more dollar on every one of those sales. Yeah. I mean, multiplication is incredible. And the same thing holds true whether you're, you're, if you own a lot of real estate, if you own 102,000 units, you make one dollar a month on each of those, it's $2,000 a month. Especially when you use leverage and cap rates and you can, you know, multiples of your net earnings, like those multiples is what people pay, whether it's a bank, whether it's a private equity fund or just a cap rate on your net operating income, it's a multiple. So every dollar, every $10, every hundred, every thousand you make times X, right? It's worth so much more in a purchase than just the cash flow that you're getting. And the business and all business runs the same. You know, when you don't pay attention and, and paying attention can be uh, to something is paying attention can mean you just have a person that's paying attention, attention to it. Doesn't mean you have to do it. If you know the person that you've got is paying attention to something, you, you quit worrying about it and you let them do their job and report to you. Right. Now, if you have somebody that's managing your, that's why if I was something I might've been good at <laughs> and you always wonder what you what you're good or not good at is that I, I feel that I'm pretty good at putting people in places that they, but one enjoy doing, but also are, are good at doing. So uh, I've made some mistakes, which is I put managers in positions at, that were, they really didn't want to do the job, but they did it for me. Mm-hmm. So I said, Hey, would you manage this office? I really don't want to do that, Gary. Well, come on, I need somebody. Would you do it for me? Both of them quit. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's not what they want to do. So you're putting people in the right spots. And in our organization, we have a lot going on. Um, I'm able to I, – I get reports of what's going on, and then I'm always looking for the property or the land. And, and I've bought – I've owned things from everything from single-family houses to uh, – small plazas and and office buildings and stuff. I mean, there's guys that have done a lot better than me that, that have different philosophies, but I'm pretty low debt, you know? And yeah. so, so that helps. And when you talk about longevity, I've, because I'm somewhat conservative, uh, I'm able to handle those downturns. I've got, a variety of things going on. So I'm making money from the real estate that I own. I am making money from uh, a title relationship. I have make, you know, so I, all these different pieces. And um, it's interesting. Some things are going real well at times and the other things are going poorly. I've always said, you know, if you got enough going on, there's always something that needs fixed and something that you need to change. Are you ready to automate and explode your real estate investing? We're searching for extremely motivated individuals who are sick and tired of wasting time and want to finally see real results from their real estate investing business. We're searching for investors looking to get to the next level and become a bigger, better version of themselves while being a more successful real estate investing entrepreneur. Apply for mentoring and coaching at joshcantwellcoaching.com forward slash podcast. That's joshcantwellcoaching.com forward slash podcast. Oh, yeah. Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank, when he was on the podcast, he said the same thing. He's like, if you're an entrepreneur and you're building a business, something is always on fire. (laughs) 
always on fire. That's why you really can't be in the business necessarily. So you built a business where you're really outside and above the business, looking down and looking at blind spots, working with your business advisor and overseeing it. But you can go do what you want to do, which is sell real estate. That's what you said many times in this interview that you're best at. But you have people that help you run it. And then if there's a fire, you're outside of the business and you have the time and the capacity to see the numbers, to see where there's the where the fire's at and jump in and extinguish the fire or create an opportunity or fix it, you know, optimize it, whatever word you want to use. That also, if you're building a company, is I think again, one of Gary's here sort of keys here to longevity is that he's not necessarily in the business as the vice president of operations. Because if he was, if he was in the business all day, he wouldn't be able to see the blind spots, wouldn't be able to see around the corners, wouldn't be able to find the next great piece of real estate. So, and again, that goes back to the partnership that I talked about or having like the owner executive relationship or the partner relationship. Somebody's got to be slightly outside of the business. And then it becomes, in my world, Gary, we talk about mutual respect. It's a mutual respect that even though somebody's an owner or there's a partnership or somebody's in an executive relationship or you have team and staff that kind of works underneath, it's about mutual respect because without each person, the whole thing breaks down. Right. Oh, so you got to have mutual respect for everybody in the business. And us as the CEO, we have the privilege of running the whole thing, but we have the privilege of also the, the, the most amount of risk, the most amount of potential downturn, downside, all those kind of things. And really it's about helping other people be the best version that they can be. And then the company as a whole becomes profitable and the best version that it can be. Um, so it's great to see you as being outside of your business and slightly above it. And be able to look down on it and say, these are some things that I need to do to create longevity. The next building I need to buy, the next person we need to hire, the next office we need to open. Those are all things that you would never see if you were in the business all day, every day. That's sure. fantastic. Um, so, Gary, there's been a ton of nuggets here. I took a ton of notes. And so I want to repeat some of these back. I don't even know if you've realized all the stuff that you mentioned here, which is great talking about building an everlasting business and longevity. The first thing you mentioned uh, was becoming an expert at one thing, kind of standing out, whether it was the condo example, whether it was vacant land or commercial buildings, that example, kind of being an expert. Uh, that was great. And again, you mentioned, which I love, the you know becoming an expert at one thing, the public perceives you to be an expert at everything. That was phenomenal. Um, Second thing you mentioned was uh, making sure that you're doing something that's interesting to you, whether it's land, whether it's being a salesperson, whether it's being a, a realtor, but being in a specific niche as a realtor. Maybe it's luxury homes or, or, again, vacant land, but doing something that's interesting to you. The third thing you mentioned, which I wrote down, was uh, really only buying the very best deals. Longevity comes with buying value add, buying at wholesale prices, buying it and holding onto it, right, for the long term. You know, values go up, properties improve, those kind of things. Uh, you talked about, you know, the one guy that changes uh, land, the zoning, to multiply the value. That was that was his niche. Um, I also love the, the nugget that you dropped about the, the two pieces of a real estate. It's not all about the purchase. You don't make your money when you buy. You make your money when you buy and manage properly. That's another kind of key to longevity. The next thing was working on your weaknesses or hiring your weaknesses, bringing in a guy like Jim Fox or an executive or a partner or a business advisor that can help you. Um, the next piece was, again, bringing in a business partner. And I, I, 
I uh, compare this to maybe if you don't have a business advisor is, is maybe paying for mentorship or a coach or having somebody to hold you accountable um, that you can talk to that's, again, outside of the business. Somebody that can look at your business from an outside perspective, kind of see the forest through the trees and say, this is what's right. This is what's wrong. You also mentioned putting people in places where they belong, where they want to be successful and that they have excitement for um, so that people get in. They do the job because they love to do the job. They actually, you know, get paid a great salary or get paid properly to do it. But, um, you know, it really is doing something that they really enjoy. And just like you, I've made many mistakes hiring people, putting them in you know, getting them on the on the bus, but putting them in the wrong seat, if you will. Um, and the other thing you mentioned, which was multiple streams of income, right? So real estate properties that you own that pay you, affiliate relationships, multiple agents doing deals, over 2,000 transactions a year, uh, you know, having your own income from the deals that you list and broker and sell, all those are multiple streams of income. So as we wrap around kind of 30 and head for home here and kind of wrap up the interview, is there anything else that stands out in your mind, Gary, that I might have missed? Um, things, keys, habits, traits that you think have uh, can c- contribute to the longevity and having success over the long haul? Yeah, I, I would say there's one, there's one more piece when it comes to longevity, and that is I think you you have to create a business model that is not too consuming. Meaning this, you you the to longevity is created by doing something you can do over and over and over again. And an example would be I, I see real estate agents get in the business and they work 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can't do that forever. Right. They, they may love it at the moment, but you can't do it forever. And it creates, you start to think wrong. As an example, you start to get mad at the business and it's not the business that's the problem, it's you. Okay. So I would say to create a working model that works for you. And, and for me, uh, and I, I'll say it one real quickly, and that was my work week was I worked Monday, Tuesday, uh, all day. I only worked evenings if I had appointments. I worked half a day on Wednesday. I worked all day Thursday and only Thursday evening if I had appointments. I'd never worked Friday night, Saturday night, but I worked all day Sunday on it or all day Saturday and never worked Sunday. I did that for 19 years. My kids knew me and respected me. My wife loved me. I had a real life. When you, you, That's I created a long term work plan and and I've done it ever since. And, 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 you know, and I'm not saying everyone should be mine. I'm just saying, but you can't work all the time because mm-hmm. you'll start thinking wrong. You need to, you need this well-rounded life where you're, you're, you're enjoying your friends and you're talking to your friends about something other than real estate. <laughs> yeah, right. It's an easy conversation to bring up coffee yeah, or having a, having a cocktail. Everybody likes to talk about it. Let's talk about but, something else. But what I just described there, and so that you do all these pieces, and in the long run, you know, God gave me a very well-rounded life, which I, I, you know, it just worked. It worked for me, but it didn't come because I worked for the first 20 years, 24 hours a day, and then I, I had a friend, this is my last thing, the last thing, I had a friend one time, he said, uh, he says, uh, Gary, you know, I just want to get to a point where I can play tennis all day. 
Right. And I said, Bob, why don't you just pay tennis a little bit every day? Right. And Great that's advice. The that's the difference. You know, don't work to someday you don't have to work ever again. Just right. take a little time off every day. And that was that's called longevity. You can live with that. You can't do some of these things that people do all the time. Yeah. And uh, so that's, that's my, when it comes to longevity, you create your business, you create your life and, uh, and it's, and, and make sure it's a good one and stick with it and do it. And that's fantastic. I, I mean, I don't have to work as much as I do now, but you know what? I, I get up, I go to work, I go home. It's, yeah. Yeah, everybody's fine with it. I can take time off if I need to. That's, you know, so I, it created a longevity that I, this is me, could work forever. And everyone would say, Gary had a good life and he, his kids knew I could be with them. And that's, that's yeah. longevity to me, not yeah. working 30 years and then stopping. Yeah. It's interesting. The guys that I know that really are in the business long-term or whatever business they're in, um, there's not this like I'm going to sell my business and retire, or I'm gonna I'm gonna walk away from my business and retire and just sit on the beach all day and drink mai tais and lay out in the sun because all of that gets boring eventually. Right, right, right. Whether it's working, right, right you get absolutely. sick of it. Whether it's you know playing cards all day with your buddies, whether it's drinking beers, whatever it is, playing tennis. Your, uh, the advice you gave your friend Bob is amazing because he, if he said he wanted to play tennis all day, that's only because he wasn't doing enough of it now. That I agree. He wanted I so agree. bad to play all day because trust me, you can't play tennis all day. You can't play golf all day. You you get sick of it. So you can't even find the guys to play with you. Right, <laughs> playing by yourself, hitting against the machine. That's you fantastic. Well, Gary, yeah. listen, this has been absolute pleasure uh, pleasure for me to spend some time with you today again and uh, build on our relationship and catch all of this in this interview format. I know there's going to be a lot of people that listen to this that might want to learn more about you, your businesses, uh, maybe parking their license at Stauffer Realty and doing transactions with you. Maybe if they're a, you know, an investor that's looking for an agent, many things that they can do with your company. What's a good place for them to connect with you, uh, connect with your company and just learn more about you? Yeah. And if they, you know, people can call me if they just have a question, you know, the, the, um, my email address is G stopper at stopper realty.com. Gotcha. And, um, they can reach me on, uh, you know, through that and I'll call them back uh, in any way that, uh, I help anybody. I love, I enjoy the business. I, I almost say I love the business because I enjoy it so much, but I love my family enough that I can't compare it. So yeah. <laughs> I, love, I truly enjoy the business. It's been a wonderful career for me. And I think that um, people that want to get into it, they're, they're, it's an admirable career and it's profitable. And, but they're going to have to be a professional. If they do that, they can make it work. There you go. I love that. Love your family. Enjoy the business. Gary Stoffer, thanks so much for joining us today on Accelerated Investor. Thank you. Thanks for having me. 
You've been listening to Josh Cantwell and the Accelerated Investor Podcast. Leave a comment on our iTunes channel and let us know what you want to learn next or who you'd like Josh to interview. While you're there, give us a five-star rating and make sure to subscribe so you can be the first to hear new episodes. Follow Josh Cantwell and his companies, Strategic Real Estate Coach and Freeland Ventures on all social media platforms now and stay up to date on new training and investment opportunities. To start your journey toward the lifestyle you've always dreamed of, apply for coaching at joshcantwellcoaching.com.